Woods and this is Paddy Courtney. Oh, hello there. You're very welcome to the Irish take on the Great British Bake Off. And yeah, that's the best title we could come up with. Deal with it. The Tent is back for its 12th series. Can you believe it? But Hollywood's ego has landed and 12 more contestants have signed up for possibly the nicest version of The Hunger Games. I like that. That's good. Before we get reviewing on episode one of this year's Great British Bake Off, we had better introduce ourselves properly. So I'm an actor, I'm a screenwriter and I grow a bit of fruit and veg on my allotment. And I am Louise Lennox. I'm a pastry chef by trade. I do many other things, but most people would know me from from the very popular show on TV, The Restaurant. And I have got the sweetest tooth in the world. And might I say, I'm a little bit of a critic underneath it all, but I'm happy being the other side of the TV screen and not actually in that tent because it looks very pressurized sometimes. Um, why was I never on the restaurant? Obviously, it's like nepotism. We're just too close. You know, you're basically like family to me. Okay, I'm not allowed. So anyway, let's talk about last night's show. Um, it was the first, it was the opening show of this series. And I love when the lads um, start off a little bit something funny, something, you know, jokey. What are they going to do this week? Uh, I find that a bit of crack but then this year was terrible the opening was cringy the opening do you know what I felt the opening was like for me Paddy you know when you're a teenager and you're watching something on TV and then your parents walk in and there's a bit of like a raunchy scene about to happen and you kind of want to watch it but then you don't and you're watching it through your hands that's what the opening of this year's Great British Bake Off was for me I actually had my hands over my face I could not watch it properly I really couldn't I had to pause it and then fast forward I did watch it later on but do you know what really gets me is I have no doubt that the production team on the Bake Off are probably some of the best around how did somebody come up with that idea and not one person went really do you think it's going to work? The really? E- like like you said awful. in your introduction, the ego has landed. I'd say Paul bullied them all into it. Like, um, I don't know this for a fact. I don't know anybody on the uh, production team. I'm just speculating and any chance to bash Paul Hollywood, I'd go for it. But it's just, see, the lads, the thing about it is I, I thought the two boys like Noel and uh, Matt were, they're, they're professional comedians. They're comic actors. They know how to, the rhythm of a gag and what things are funny. So those sly little winks to camera and, you know, the nods and this, like that was funny. I think Paul Hollywood was taking it seriously so just unless he's playing a brilliant role as a panto villain so let's uh, go for it let, let, tell us about the, the show it starts off like with the opening gambit what was it? The Great British Bake Off has got three segments Ooh. and the first one is always the signature bake so the contestants get time to prepare this at home and it's a nice as I say fluffy way of bringing you into the tent not too stressful you would hope um, and this week it was mini rolls I love mini rolls so when you say mini rolls, like when I was growing up, it was a Swiss roll. Is that a brand name or did we just, my just mother made a sponge and just rolled it into a, a roll? So mini rolls is like a Swiss roll, except a little bit smaller that you can hold in your hand and you can eat it in around three bites. I could probably fit a whole one in my mouth, though. I do pride myself on that. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, but where I grew up in Dublin, Swiss roll meant something totally different. <laughs> uh, together, but like, where did you grow up? <laughs> Swiss roll where I grew up just meant dessert on a Sunday. Okay, right. Well, where I grew up, you wouldn't eat it. Anyway, so let's, well, some people would, but you paid extra for that. Mini rolls are really easy to make. It's generally just a little sponge, but this sponge would normally be a butter-free sponge. So it means it's easy to roll and it doesn't crack. That's the big thing. It has to have a swirl in the middle and you don't want cracks on the outside. And that's where these contestants, I think, were really being tested. 
they do bake fast in the oven. I mean, I can make a Swiss roll and in an oven it bakes in around 15 minutes. Timing is everything. But I do a show and although I bake on it, whenever you've a crew knocking around and cameras on, you're always going to make mistakes. I mean, I even make mistakes on the show. Thankfully, it's whittled down to 25 minutes. I'm not the star. I also sorry when the, the, the hands start shaking. I naturally shake anyway. It's just probably booze. But anyway, I feel so sorry for these people. They're on national TV and all their family and friends are rooting for them. And then you know they mess up. They probably did it a million times in the kitchen and got it right. And then when you landed this tent. So I do. I just empathise ridiculously with these poor people. Oh my God, my oven door was open. I feel sick. Why did I apply this? What is wrong with me? Please help me, someone. How are you? All over the place at the moment. I'm shaking, I'm shaking. Maybe a bit of panic. I keep losing count. Loads of cake. Loads of cake. I'm in shock. I feel sick. Stressful, man. I walk out now. I think this has taken like a year off my life. So then, can I just go back and ask you then as well, when you, they practice at home, do they get to practice every single thing that they're asked to do at home? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have to, except the technical challenge. So they get to practice at home. But you see, this is the difference, okay? So you're not at your home settings. Um, you have a lot more people around you. And then, I mean, I don't know how many producers they have running around waiting for you to make a mistake. And the minute you're making a mistake, I'm sure they have cameras and eyes on you, which makes everything worse like totally worse can I ask a question from my cynical mind do you reckon when you just brought when you said that about uh, you're not used to your settings in your own uh, oven at home do you think that they play with the settings for dramatic effect I did wonder that I mean we all need a bit of jeopardy don't we I remember one year watching the bake off and while they were outside having a break like this cake or they think they were in the free oh they were that's it they were ice cream cakes and the freezer door of the freezer just happened not to be shut properly I'm like really somebody from the production sneak over and open it I wonder brilliant for the show to wreck somebody's head well this is what I think if something hasn't gone desperately wrong during it doesn't it make better TV if there's a mistake? Of course we it all does. watch it over and over. And also, I just love at the start when they were going through it as well, everybody's frantic running around the place. And Lizzie, the girl from Liverpool, Paul waddles over to her and says something along the lines of, um, why are you being so slow? And you know, you're not up to speed with all the rest of them. And she goes, like, just because I'm a naturally slow person. In your <laughs> face, Paul. And I just love that she didn't, there wasn't any of this kind of, a, oh, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, Paul. I just love that take. And he kind of gave her that kind of the Paul Hollywood stare for a couple of seconds ago. Jog on, Paul. I, I do it at my own pace. I have a feeling, and I kind of hope for the sake of the show, that they're going to clash. I think he he grew up kind of close by Cheshire, that kind of area, northwest uh, England, and she's Liverpool, and she's funny and feisty. I like her. She's going to be, yeah, uh, she's going to be drama. I love Lizzie. I, when I saw her with her dipped orange ends of her hair, and she has like bunny rabbit slipper shoes on, and then the fact that her and Noel, it's kind of going, did you get the memo that we're going to wear like pink smiley face? Okay, you wear the reverse, and like I just love pink through and through so when I saw her in a pink smiley face top I was like love her and then when I saw Noel's wacky top I was like did they plan this with wardrobe I want his shoes though I like um, I, I could do it a bit of height now myself like so I could do it his uh, Bono shoes Bono, is that what they're called the Bono shoes but do you know what again I've got to mention as well the great British Bake Off and you see all the different countries that were represented there you had people from Italy Germany Trinidad Greek Cyprus India Jamaica so you know in your face Brexit like we need all these people to, to move all around the world and live in different countries so we learn from 
from them and we learn from their grandmothers and grandfathers what they baked and how they bake. So um, I love that it's called the Great British Bake Off. Yes, it's kind of, it should be the Great International Bake Off, to be fair, like with all those people from around the world. When I saw the people, I was like, because I'm dyslexic, I'm like, how do you pronounce that name? How do you pronounce that name? Ooh, I haven't heard that name before. And I kind of went, oh, it's kind of like a bit of a Eurovision-esque off with all <laughs> of these different countries being represented. I'm using spanners, yes. They have been through the dishwasher. Who knew that Jürgen, one of the contestants, would actually come from the Black Forest? I was very impressed by that. And his first signature bake was a Black Forest mini roll. To see all the heads on everybody else then, I think Tom did one as well. And then Amanda then, was, like as soon as said, yeah, I'm Jürgen, I'm from the Black Forest. And so I'm going to make a Black Forest gato. Like if I'm in that tent, I go, oh, for Jesus sake, like, come on, lads. It's just, I'm, I'm not going to win this. But, um, but I'm not sure I want to be his neighbour though if you you know live beside somebody especially during lockdown who's going to play two trumpets and a violin every day as much as they say that yes they play his family they like to play trombone and violin to the people of Brighton should the people of Brighton go well shut your f***ing windows will you just I wouldn't mind it though because there were food shortages so I might have eaten his rabbit his pet rabbit <gasps> got desperate we're, and bad don't you can't say that you can, you can make cakes you can eat cakes we can't be eating rabbits I have a very good friend Sarah and Nick and they've got a rabbit and they'll kill me if they hear this yum that's one of my favourite things to work years ago and I worked in restaurants they used to do it as a starter Did you really? <laughs> yeah This podcast will get cancelled before we even get up and running Have you never eaten rabbit? Yeah I have years ago I used to hunt rabbit but I can't like tell my friends that to their face like, <laughs> So I only ate rabbit we used to hunt kill and skin rabbits and I'm worse than you Oh no I'd never skin them I'd leave that to people who had better constitution than me but um, with, with the show then so so okay they, they went through the Swiss roll they get the I can't I am such a like, I'm sure you've heard the expression so with mini rolls, they should have the perfect, well, as we know, the Swiss roll, that lovely a swirl, a swirl. And we did see Prue uh, referred to somebody's as a blob. Um, I love the fact that when they're going up to somebody, it's like somebody in court or that gets a speeding ticket from a guard <laughs> and they're trying to justify going, well, actually, can I just bite my corn here because somebody said that their mini roll was a little bit of an, an abstract swirl. I loved that. And some parts had amazing bits of cake inside and some were a little bit more left for the imagination. But poor Tom's, his Swiss roll looked like somebody had actually stood it <laughs> and Paul had to carve it like a Sunday roast dinner and um, kind of hack into the chocolate. Cake is on the move, people. My theme is a Black Forest mini roll. I'm a bit worried about Jürgen doing it because I think he said he has family from the Black Forest. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you probably know his stuff. You seem like you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go home week one, I need to enjoy myself. Lovely. Thank you very much. You've come right at the right moment if you like chocolate. I do like this chocolate. is about to go all over those. All right, here we go. They're not too bad. Covering the cracks up with chocolate so they won't know any difference. And George is, oh my goodness. Now he was behind the time and when Prue was tasting it, she's like, it actually tastes like pudding, not cake. And it's still warm. I'm kind of going, that isn't such a bad thing for a Swiss roll yes I need to stop you there what is the difference I actually made a note of that when she said it tastes more like a pudding than a cake what is the difference well I'm kind of going I don't like to me because um, I always thought British people called desserts puddings Dessert, in general pudding, yeah and then sometimes when they say, do you want a pudding? Maybe puddings for them are warm. I get, kind of get confused because to me, dessert's like an umbrella and it's warm or it's cold. Um, my take on it was that it like a pudding is more stodgy and warm. But I don't know. I'd have to ask Prue on that. She's 81 years of age and she is 
tip top I love Prue I love the, the moment when Prue was talking to uh, Maggie I think it was <laughs> and Noel said he's never felt more like a chimney sweep in all his life it <laughs> <They were> so <laughs> posh we have to talk about the fact that Prue got her sister from another mister into the show worse than that I didn't like that where they were putting on the glass that's stuff that you do in schoolyard <laughs> you missed my ears hello Prue how you doing you right. is it weird being here <laughs> Thank you, <Maggie. laughs> That wasn't my idea or yours, no, I dare no, say. I know. He like took off Prue's glasses and put them on uh, on Maggie. Hey, let's pretend Maggie is Prue. And um, I hope this is not the Do running I think gag. that was the director going, hey, Paul, I've got Prue's glasses here. Go over and put those. Because I, I, I watch it from a also... Production point of view. Of, ...of how TV shows work. Although we'd never do that in the restaurant. I, I, I do think maybe that was a gag that the director possibly has to do. Who knows? I actually wasn't that offended by it. Were you right? Did you really think that was... Well, as a glasses wearer when I was four, since four years of age and people take out, give us a go your glasses. And I go, what? They're my glasses. They're not like... No. So, yeah, representing all the specky four eyes down through the years, I felt, you know, don't lay your hands on me, pal. Don't don't take my glasses. It's like, kind of, give us a go. Oh, you've got trousers. Give us a go your trousers. You don't ask that. They're part of me. They're they're my clothes. Don't take off a piece of my clothes. So anyway. I never I never actually thought of it that way. Do you need to lie on a leather couch and we can have a chat about no, this later? I'll share it with an hour. With our listeners here, they'll tell us if they ever felt bullied when their, their glasses were taken. It's like, if you're dead, like these are like, I need these to see. This is my wheelchair. This is like, like if I had hearing aids, you're not going to go, uh, oh, here, give us a go your hearing aids, will you? What? Yeah, I wouldn't do that for like earwax reasons. Can I actually just say one more thing that annoyed me about the mini rolls? And I swear we'll move on after this. When Jurgen was presenting his black forest gatto and some of his little chocolate trees kind of fallen. So just let's say the forest that was getting cut down. And Paul Hollywood asks him to critique his own mini role. And he and the brilliant thing was, Jürgen, I think this is the time that contestants are fighting back. Jürgen just went, you know, he, he said to uh, Paul Hollywood, said to him, what do you think of that? Eat your own cake. He goes, yes, I like it. The balance is perfect. And I like that. And he was just so, so succinct in his answer and he got it so perfectly right. So, okay, let's let's get on to the, the next one. The technical challenge. Technical challenge. This is one where they hide it under a gingham cloth and go, you have to make a malt cake. So I, I've never heard of a malt cake. I, I When it was made, it looked like something I ate as a child. Like so, are you aware of malt cakes? Um, like I'm aware of any cakes that have got fruit in them because I avoid them. Any dried fruit, I think, is. Oh, why? Oh, why would you put in a cake? I just, you know what? I just, I didn't like it as a kid. I still don't like it, and I'm okay with that. But I do love technical challenge because. All the contestants have the exact same recipe, exact same ingredients, and you get such random, random looking cakes. This week with the malt loaf, um, I think it was a little bit hard to see the difference because only really when you cut in and it's kind of brown on brown. Um, But as the season progresses, you will see amazing, completely random, different looking bakes. Um, So the malt loaf. They all look the same, as you said, like except that one part when they said, uh, um, oh, this one is really pale. Cut to poor Tom standing there, the palest man 
on TV almost looks like translucent <laughs> cling film head in him and said like, oh, this is very, very pale. Just like the very, very pale Tom. Poor Tom. Because like, he knows he's going home. Also, they put butter on. So, and also, can I tell you, as a kid, like you say, you, you never liked it and still don't like it. I think it's an age thing in that I never liked it as a kid. As I get older, I like the taste of a fruit cake with a big slab of butter on it. Like, so I wonder is... Is that because your taste buds are aging? I don't or know. Like, you get to a certain maybe? age and you go, I'd like a bit of fruitcake or a Werther's original sucky sweet. Uh, that, that kind of thing. So I think it's, um, you get to an age... That's because you don't have the, the power in your jaw to bite and chew as <laughs> much yeah. anymore or it tires you out. Or I just don't have my teeth anymore. That's it. And also, <laughs> can I say that my poor dad a few years ago, so he's just used to any fruitcake. You cut it, you slap on a bit of butter and that's it. But he had a uh, Rocky Road cake and he cut into a slice of Rocky Road cake. I don't know if he didn't have his glasses on, but he must have thought it was a fruit cake and he slapped butter on a Rocky Road. <laughs> 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 or maybe still... he was going, did, did he cop on that it was wrong afterwards? Do you know what? He probably did after two bites and went, I'm all in now. I've got to keep doing it. Like... It's sticking to every bit of my mouth. I'll have to take your teeth out and clean them later. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's the, the malt cake. They, they did well. Oh, what I like, was it the malt cake that, who won that? Of course, uh, nepotism, Maggie won that. Ah, of course it was Maggie. There again, it's the age thing. Maggie is 128 yeah. years of age, and so she would have been making malt cakes for um, them back in the early century. Well done, Maggie. So a technical challenge is they give them like a very cryptic method to follow. So they had to figure out how long to leave these in the oven for. And that's why I would imagine that Maggie's probably reared on these because she wouldn't have had all the amazing cakes you can have nowadays and so she probably knew this like the back of her hand uh, whereas a lot of other people were struggling with that and that's why they would have possibly had ones that were underbaked not their fault a few that were overmixed because the more you mix flour the more it develops gluten and it does make a very hard cake to eat and then poor Amanda I think she said that she's going to throw out all the flour in her house because they had flour pockets so she came last Are you excited for your first ever showstopper? Yes! yes. <laughs> Prue and Paul would love you to make an orange inspiring anti-gravity illusion cake. On your marks, get set, bake! Let's move on now to the final one, the showstopper. This is the one, is the fancy pants one, and they were they had to defy gravity. That's all I know. And I'm like, first of all, I'm going, oh, will you stop, lads? Why are you making them? It's hard enough to bake. In my mind, it's just hard enough to bake stuff. And now you want to, them to be engineers and um, bakers all at the same time. But um, my God, they were amazing. I loved this challenge like the illusion cake now it is all down to very good engineering I've done stuff like this in the past and thank god my dad is an engineer because he designs all of my blueprints for me and makes the stuff that I need so if you have got a good idea of how you're going to keep this cake up then all you need to worry about is making a cake and decorating it um, and I love the fact that they went in with a really strong showstopper now they do get to practice this at home I don't know how many times they practice this um, but the framework is essential. And one thing that really upset me, so they're working really hard coming up with it and they would have known in advance, gone, okay, I've got to make something to fight gravity, make it 3D, amazing. And then they go over to Tom and they're like, and how are you going to keep up your cake? And he goes, with dowels. Now, anyone that doesn't bake, being you, Paddy, dowels are kind of like 
little um are, they're like straws but they're like strong so strong plastic or strong wooden straws and if you're stacking cakes you would put dowels inside them if they're made from sponge so your sponge doesn't implode on itself and collapse so when they said to Tom how are you keeping up your cake he goes with dowels and they're like no but how can you making it 3D he goes I'm leaning it over to the side a bit and I'm going well he's obviously going to be going home because he has totally not even read the memo you could tell couldn't you like that he, he was already given up and there was a, a sniff of oh, sorry pale Tom you're on your way out I think somebody might have rung and sick in his model model train <laughs> shop and he had to go home I <laughs> love goes, the fact that there's actual a shop that, that exists that you can go to a shop that's not here in Ireland because we just stand and wave at real trains I think we still wave at Lingus lights so anyway um, with, with that I have to say the kid Freya she's only 19 she's a vegan I'm not a vegan Um. I am aware of what it takes. It's a very difficult thing to be a vegan or to cook for vegans. But her showstopper was off the charts. I would have been intrigued to try it. And Paul was very impressed by it, which was high accolade. I mean, it really was. And I think it's really interesting having a vegan baker because the world has gone more vegan. And the one thing that annoyed me with the showstoppers, and I thought it was really, really unfair, is poor Amanda. So I always think every year Paul has it in for one person. And Amanda walked up with this dolphin cake, which I thought was really cute. looked like a big wave and these little dolphin heads popping through. And then Paul goes, well, it's not really an anti-gravity cake because the top of it is made from Rice Krispies. And and a lot of these cakes, even these amazing ones you'd see on all these baking shows, of course it is because they're lighter and they're not going to fall over. Fair enough comment. I appreciate that. Until, (gasps) until Crystal walks up with her beautiful bouquet flowers but the bottom of that was also made from Rice Krispies and she just had her cake on top not even carved out like Amanda's cake was and Paul adored it and I kind of went fair enough but if you're going to critique Amanda I think Crystal should also then be saying it's not Defying gravity. I I liked them both. The Rice Krispies. I was not offended by. I thought fair enough. <laughs> That's a line to take out. Of, I was not offended by the Rice Krispies. <laughs> Get that in a t-shirt. So Chiggs had his jug pouring. That collapses just as he places it down. Phew! It did stand the test of time until he got to the judges' table. But that was also made from Rice Krispies. So why single out Amanda? I just got an issue with that. I think it's unfair. One rule for one person is not a fair rule. But Jurgens, what did you think of Jurgens cake? You knew even before we started the precision of a German's anything they manufacture just works and lasts forever. So you just knew it was going to be good. And it was amazing. I've no idea. I've never read Thomas Moore's Utopia. I, I thought it was a beautiful piece of work. Absolutely beautiful piece of work. The Star Baker this week is Jürgen. Still sinking in. I can't believe it. I feel so... (laughs) So Jürgen was announced as a star baker and I think we all knew, like, I love an old bet and I kind of could read right from the start that uh, Tom was going to go. I think he even mentioned it himself at the start. He was right. Well done, Tom. Back to your little model. I told you, the short staffed in the shops. We needed to go home. He only got the weekend off. (laughs) I definitely am proud of myself and I'd never say that. So that must mean quite a bit. But I'm mostly going to miss spending time with all the lovely other bakers, to be honest. They're really talented, absolutely lovely people. 
So and it was all going well. I just thought, okay, nothing is going to stop Jurgen in his lap of victory around the tent. Going, just going to ring the wife and the kid now, the rabbit, and say, "How are you? I'm after winning Star Baker. Aren't I amazing?" Cut to. Nobody at home. And it rang and rang and rang. And poor Jürgen, there was nobody there. I've never seen that before. I've never seen them. Neither have I. Do you know what but, probably happened? They're probably playing their music and they couldn't hear the of phone course ringing. Are, it's, are being shouted up by the people at Brighton. Will you st- I'll shove the Trump <laughs> trombone up your Swiss roll. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of the first episode of Bake Off Season 12. Uh, I enjoyed it. Oh, what I love about the Bake Off, it brings us, it's bringing us into winter gently, isn't it? It's kind of a, a gentle goodbye to the summer and it's our way of starting saying, okay, we need to get cosy for the winter now and start baking and start getting things ready for wintertime and that's what I love about the Bake Off so um, it's mindless watching like it just you can't not watch it and just have a smile on yeah, your face I want to eat a cake while watching it we should do that I think as, as, as this podcast goes on I think what we should do we should work our way up to the final episode we should watch the show together and probably bake and eat our way through the last show are you on for that? When you say bake you mean I'll bake and you oh, eat yeah. you, you bake and I'll take and that's that's how we work so well that's it for our first episode of the Irish Take on the Great British Bake Off we've enjoyed watching episode one I hope you've enjoyed listening to us it is our first podcast I've never done a podcast before Louise have you? Never Okay but um so before we wrap, is there anything you learned from the uh, the show this week? I never knew as Prue referred to milk chocolate as adulterated chocolate. So all this time of my life, my favourite chocolate as her husband's is adulterated chocolate. <laughs> Have I pronounced that correctly? Adulterated chocolate? Let's go with adulterated. I didn't know if you mixed flour long enough, you'd get gluten. There you go. So maybe we can teach people something ourselves as we go on week to week with this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If you like it, give us a now like and subscribe. I think that's how the kids are calling it these days. Like and subscribe, please. And if you tell your friends about us, we would really appreciate it. So tune in next week to the Irish Take on the Great British Bake Off. Thank you.